Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Fantasy Football Rewind for Week 9. Got the King Engel, Managing Director of RotoExperts.com. I am the King. I am Fantasy. And joined always by my trusty friend and colleague, Jim Day. Jim, how are you? The Giants didn't lose this week. No, they didn't lose, so it's a good week for the Giants fans out there. But, uh, yeah, no, Scott, another great day of football, some really good games, uh, including a couple that just finished, and, uh, man, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Yeah, we certainly do. Uh, first off, let's tell you that there's not a lot of injury news to report, uh, you know, fortunately, but uh, Chris Ivory suffered a shoulder injury. He didn't return uh, to Buffalo's blowout loss. Uh, Chris Carson was able to start the game for Seattle, but then had to leave with a hip injury. We saw a lot of Mike Davis, uh, no no other significant uh, fantasy football injury, Taz. Yeah, no, uh, thank God, finally a week where we don't lose a a ton of really good players uh, this week, so that definitely is a big help. Career game for Michael Thomas today, uh, 12 catches for 211 uh, yards and a touchdown as the Saints with a statement uh, win at home over the Los Angeles Rams, uh, you know he's been a, he's been a pretty much a top six fantasy wide receiver the whole year, but coming off of like an eleven point performance, now moving to thirty. It was his second 30, 30 point performance of the year. He had one in uh, if you're talking PPR league, he had one in week two, but uh, very very encouraging. He's got Cincinnati uh, next week, so another good game for Thomas. Uh, busy more than what we expected. What was a statement game for the Saints here. If the Rams would have won this, they would have said, look, we're number one in the NFC. You have to knock us off. And now that number one spot is wide open, and now that we'll have debate and conjecture about who's really the number one team. And that's great for us. It gives us you know, something more to talk about. Look, uh, this is Michael Thomas's first 200-yard game in his career. It's the, the biggest game in Saints history for a wide receiver. Uh, and he's the first wide receiver in the NFL this season to have a 200-yard game. Uh, great game for him. You know, I, I hate the little foolishness at the end with the flip phone for the tele, you know celebration, losing 15 yards for your team at a time like that in a critical game. Yeah, you know, not something you usually expect from Michael Thomas. I'm sure he had his reasons, but uh, you know, he could have waited for a better game to do that. Oh, come on, have a sense of humor here. That thing went viral on the internet. People tweeting pictures of Joe Horn all over again. Yeah, really. Well, you know, good for Joe Horn, uh, you know, for getting him back in thought processes. But look, you know, I, I know at that point it was a 10-point game and there was only three and a half minutes left in the game. But, 
you know, in a, such a big game to them than trying to take down the undefeated team. And, you know, it's just, ah, man, I, I just don't see the, the, the fun or anything in that. I, I just think it's a stupid move. All right. Uh, 116 yards and three touchdowns in scrimmage from Alvin Kamara. Remember a few weeks ago when uh, Mark Ingram got all those carries and uh, the last three weeks, though, or so, uh, Kamara has basically dominated the touches last week uh, over seven, just over 70 percent of the snaps. And then uh, come back with another big week here whereas uh, whereas Mark Ingram was basically pushed to the rearview mirror. He really was. I mean, even, in, you know, when they got to the goal line chances, it was still Kamara in there. They didn't bring in Ingram even after Kamara already had two touchdowns. They still didn't bring in Ingram to get a goal line carry and try and get a score. So, you know, I, I look at this point, it looks like it's all Kamara all the time. And you, it, you're going to have to count on Ingram to, to score a touchdown to get you in, in fantasy value any in any given week. Yeah. Uh, Kareem Hunt with his second 30-point PPR day in three weeks right now, and uh, you have 17 carries for 91 yards and two touchdowns, one, ca one catch for one long catch for 50 yards. Actually, it can't be a short 50-yard catch uh, for a touchdown, <laughs> and uh, he, he, uh, that was only just on two targets. He's making the most of every touch. Uh, he's, he's not only explosive in the open field, but he's physical at the point of attack. Kareem Hunt has returned to be the number two overall back in fantasy football after a slow start to the season, Jim. Uh, he's on fire, no doubt about it. He's now scored in eight consecutive games uh, and has scored multiple touchdowns three times. So he, he's definitely uh, playing some great football. This whole offense is, is playing very well. Once again, Mahomes a great big guy, but Hunt is a, a big part of that. And, you know, even though he only had the, the one catcher, you know, it's a 50-yarder. That's not a bad thing for fantasy owners. We'll take it. Christian McCaffrey, 79 yards from scrimmage, five catches for 78 yards. But the big thing here is two rushing touchdowns. Uh, you know, McCaffrey always gives you a floor. But, you know, in terms of rushing scores, uh, he's got three in his last two games. But those were his first three of the season. You always feel good about him in a PPR. But we've seen more of the ceiling the last two weeks. But this was also satisfying from a non-PPR sort of perspective, Jim. Yeah, and you know what was crazy in this game is, you know, how often are you going to see Carolina rush for four touchdowns and none of them be Cam Newton? Uh, it's just not something we see very often, uh, but, you know, it sure worked for them today. All right, uh, moving right along with some of these top scores. Kevin Coleman with his best game of the year, 13 carries for 88 yards, five catches for 69 yards and two touchdowns. You know, we've seen Coleman get touchdowns here and there, but this was the first game this year where we saw the combined yardage from scrimmage, the kind of performance that we thought we would get all along when Devonta Freeman was out. We didn't get it until today. You know, this guy's going into a contract year. He has to have more of these performances. How much faith do you have in Tevin Coleman going forward? Because can you really react to one game? We've seen the upside before, but this is really the first time this year that we've seen the combined yards from scrimmage. Yeah, it, it, it's really tough to count on him. This, like you said, you know, he's, he's been having these chances every game and hasn't been doing this. Uh, you know, this was a good game for Atlanta all out. They got out to a big lead, and, uh, you know, cruised on Washington. Um, you know, it, I, I, I like this game today. Atlanta was my pick for the week. Uh, I thought they were definitely going to 
beat up on Washington. I didn't expect it to be this bad, to be honest with you. And, you know, of course, we'll, we'll get to the big big news of that game. But, yeah, Tevin Coleman had a, a much get better game than I expected from him. And, you know, it would be nice if he could continue that kind of play going forward. But, man, it it's hard, like you say, to base it on just one game, thinking he can do it again. Drew Brees, 346 yards, had four touchdowns, no interceptions. How about Duke Johnson today with the new coaching staff today? <laughs> All of a sudden, he's back in the mix with nine catches for 78 yards and two touchdowns. Now, Duke Johnson was totally non-existent other than the previous coaching staff, but they have to get him involved here uh, because outside of Jarvis Landry, they have nobody they can trust at all. And uh, he's, still, he's only owned in 48.5% of ESPN leagues, so he could still be a free agent out there in your league. Oh, I'm sure he's a free agent in a lot of leagues. Yeah, no doubt about it. Like you said, he hasn't done anything all year. And, you know, every week people are calling for him, him to have that breakout week, to have that breakout week, because it just made sense that they should get him more involved. And, you know, it finally happened this week. Like you said, changeover coaches, they tried to spread the offense a little more around. And, you know, we saw a better game from this offense. Mayfield had a good game. And, you know, Duke Johnson, absolutely. This is what we've been waiting to see all year. Hopefully this trend continues. A lot of people, you know, are counting on him uh, and have held him thinking that this was finally going to happen. So hopefully it's a trend that continues. There's no, we've talked about this, Jim, that there's no shutdown defenses in the NFL anymore. But still, we were talking about this morning on Fantasy Football Today. I mean, on Sunday morning with Fantasy Football Today. And I was getting questions on social media. You know, I'm worried about James Conner. Uh, you know, he's going against Baltimore. He only had 41 rushing yards the last time out. I said, this guy is matchup. I'm not worried about him. Then Sam Garn, former NFL defensive back and NFL assistant coach, uh, secondary coach, said the reason why he got 41 yards last time is they were still a levy on Bell offense, and they hadn't acclimated their offense to suit the skills of James Conner. Now they have. It's just because the guy does something last time against a team out, last time out against a team, doesn't mean it's going to repeat. And James Conner showed up in a big way. You know, they had, they had, they had, the Baltimore had shut the Steelers down with only two touchdowns last time they faced them. But Conner came through in a big sort of way today. 107 rushing yards and seven catches for 56 yards and touchdown. You can't sit here worrying about Le'Veon Bell anymore because Conner's playing so well. You really don't even know what Le'Veon Bell's role is. I tell people with James Conner, take it week to week right now because you know, if you sold them two, three weeks ago, you're missing on these kind of performances. You don't want to miss out on any more of these kind of performances right now. Take it week to week, and as long as you can plug him in and keep getting elite numbers, do it. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Uh, you know, there's every chance in the world that Le'Veon Bell doesn't even see the field this year, even if he does come back. Uh, there's just so many options here that could happen. But like you said, I mean, if Connor right now is playing lights out, he's had a better start to his season than Le'Veon Bell ever did with the with the Steelers. Uh, so, I mean, it's hard to not love him. And, you know, people have been trying to move him the last couple of weeks. I've been trying to tell him I thought it was a mistake. Uh, I still think it's a mistake. I think Connor is the guy to own going forward. Yeah, why would you even trade to Levy, Le'Veon Bell? I said this, I said Sunday morning on Lineup Lock Live, 
uh, you know, when these guys miss all this time, they're even a conditioning risk for injury. And Sam Garden's agreed, saying, you know, it could be a soft tissue injury. People say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a trade for Le'Veon Bell. Why? Why do you want to be a part of that? If he comes back, the value is going to be nowhere near what it, what it was last year, and you're not going to get any sort of return. I mean, if, if you want to trade Traquan Smith for Le'Veon Bell, fine. But you're going to say Emmanuel Sanders for Le'Veon Bell, I'm going to tell you no. I'm right there with you, Scott. No no arguments here. All right. That's what I like about you. You can argue with me and <laughs> get under my skin like some other host I work with, you know, that, that you know, call themselves. Oh, let's not go there. Executive. Or, <laughs> you know, they, they don't even they, – they, they never even wore a suit. <laughs> they, they never even wore a suit in their life. All right. Adam Humphreys, eight catches for 83, 82 yards. And two touchdowns. You know, this is this was a real surprise. Humphrey's only owning two point seven percent of leagues, but I don't know if I'd waste a pickup on him necessarily. It was interesting to see him involved with Ryan Fitzpatrick because in the past he's been a guy that Jameis Winston used to like to operate with. Yeah, this was definitely a surprise just for that reason. I mean, uh he was basically unused the first three weeks that Fitzpatrick started. Uh didn't really look to him at all. Uh, and but you know last two weeks he's been a big play seven for seventy six last week and then like I said eight for eighty two and two touchdowns this week hey the two touchdowns a little bit of aberration just the way the game flowed for him but uh, you you gotta love the the fact that he's got fifteen catches and one hundred fifty yards the last two weeks I definitely think he's somebody that you have to consider on a waiver wire uh, especially if you're sitting on some of these guys that are just underperforming yeah you'll pick him up this Adam Humphrey strikes to me as the type of guy that you pick him up, and as soon as you do, he has two catches for 20 yards when you start him. And, and that's very possible. I'm not going to say it's not possible. Absolutely. But, you know, it depends on who you're sitting on and who you have to drop to pick him up. There's plenty of guys out there. There's still teams out there that are holding Kelvin Benjamin. You know, if, if you're one Why, of those Bills teams, fans? Yeah, it's time. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like Gabe Morris here or something, playing fantasy football here? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but he's still owned, un- unbelievably so. All right, 390 yards passing, four touchdowns and, and one interception. People are worried about this matchup. Like, it might line against the Redskins. They have a good defense. Like, can you just shut down defense anymore? And uh, Matt Ryan hasn't always played well on, in the outdoors. But, uh, you know, this was a very encouraging performance in that regard. Yeah, no, hey, hey, look, he played a great game. They they shut Washington down quick, early, and often. And uh, he he did exactly what he needed to do. And, you know, he he even threw a a touchdown to that player that we won't name. (laughs) Not yet. Patrick Mahomes today, uh, 375 passing yards, three touchdowns, one interception added 18 yards. Probably heard about all the records uh, that he set, et cetera, today. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins keeps keeps it moving. Ten catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Ben Roethlisberger, here's something interesting. We're talking about Ryan on the road. Ben Roethlisberger today going into Baltimore in his career, 79.0 passer rating at Baltimore in his career, 88.8, uh, 88.0 passer rating in all road games, and he throws away the narrative with 270 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interception, and a quarterback sneak, he got three touchdowns out of Ben Roethlisberger. He took a nasty hit, and it looked like uh, it might be a shoulder sort of injury. But he only missed one play, and then he came back in the game. 
Yeah, really. And I was uh, I was watching that, and I was like, oh man, it, it doesn't look good. And it turned out he just you know lost his breath, just needed to get his breath back. And luckily for Pittsburgh, uh, that just worked out well for them. Uh, again, like you say, you know, no no defense is a defense that can't be beaten. Baltimore at home looked like it might be the one, and you know Pittsburgh came out and proved otherwise. Yeah, they they certainly did. Uh, good news for Roethlisberger. Everybody knows him as a tough guy here. And, uh, you know, Roethlisberger, when he was asked about home road splits in the re- preseason, uh, Jim, he said, I don't care as long as the field's on earth. You know, they're all the same to me. Yeah, except for most of those times, he really is terrible on the road. He did have a good game today, uh, but it's not like you can count on him on the road in most uh, most chances. All right. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is the Fantasy Football Rewind with Scott Engel and Jim Day. Coming up next, turn up your radio because or your phone, volume on your phone, because I'm coming back with some news that you may not be able to believe. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott England, Jim Day. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick or dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary cap. As we sign out, Sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY. You can receive a 90%, a, I'm sorry, a 50% deposit bonus. Uh, no more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the props that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag and the promo code FNTSY upon sign up and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Scott and Jim getting you all uh, caught up in recaps on uh, what happened week eight of fantasy, week nine of fantasy football. I should know, uh, Jim's already looking forward to week 10 and trying to set his lineup. Like one of those people that calls me on, uh, or texts me on a Sunday night saying, who should I start in week 11? (laughs) Does he get those? I do. Somebody always wants to, on a Sunday night, like, you know, who should I start next week? I'm like, who should I start in week 10? I'm like, can we finish week nine first? <laughs> I, I have three guys that got my email address that send me at least four to five questions a day um, uh, of all different types every day. <laughs> all right. Julio Jones with a line today, seven catches, 121 yards, <gasps> and a touchdown. How about this? It was a it was a play action fake, uh, short screen that went the other way, and he basically took it all the way. It w- it wasn't you know your normal type of touchdown here. 
it shows it probably can't be sustainable. Well, the bigger thing to me was that he actually fought that extra yard to get into the end zone. You know, normally they take him down right there at the one, and then the running backs come in and take it from there. But uh, he actually fought to get that extra yard to, to get in the end zone. Look, this was becoming a thing. It needed to stop being a thing. Now it is no longer a thing. He's scored a touchdown. Let's move on. Finally, the, the guy is still having a monster season. Well, it still is a thing because he's only got one touchdown reception the whole year. And if he goes another three, two, three weeks without another, then it's still kind of a thing. <laughs> only to people like you, Scott. Only to people like you. Yeah, because people <laughs> like me break it down and make it real. I mean, think about it. He, he's only got, what, another year and a half to two years to catch uh, uh, up to what Calvin Ridley has done already so far this season in touchdowns. Yeah, see what kind of points people like you make? All right, uh, Jeff Herman <laughs> today, uh, 10 catches for 83 yards. People are going to go to the waiver wire to start picking this guy up, but uh, it seems like an anomaly. Uh, this is his first double-figure game of the season. He's only owned in 7.9% of leagues. Yeah, again, it's just one of those things that come out of the blue. Somebody gets uh, hot, and they keep going to him, and, you know, that's what we saw here. 11 targets, caught 10 of them. <laughs> uh, if anybody out there saw this coming, please uh, you know, get back to me on this because I'd love to know why you thought this would happen. But, uh, yeah, good good game for him. He might be one of those difference makers of, of somebody in the – one of the millie makers, you know, trying to go off beaten, uh, unowned, and that's what they – you know, that's what you need in those kind of games. All right, and uh, then we have Ryan Fitzpatrick with uh, 249 passing yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, volume, of course, there again, uh, the touchdowns there again. The yard is not great. But uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick continues to put up the numbers. He just he has no conscience about where he slings the ball. He really doesn't. You know what? For fantasy owners, I don't care. Uh, you know, keep putting up three, four touchdowns every time you're on the field, and, and I'll take that. I mean, you know, the interceptions are going to be there as well. But uh, I, I'll take that any day. Uh, again, he, he outproduced where, the you know, the value was. People were afraid of playing him today, and, uh, I just didn't see it. I thought he'd put up another solid game, and sure enough, he did. It, it's going to continue that way. Let, let's face it. No defense and a running game that's very suspect at the best of times. Uh, it, it just comes down to him slinging the ball, and he just gives him a better chance. All right. Uh, Brandon Cooks today, six catches for 114 yards and a touchdown. Maurice Harris of Washington, 10, carries for, uh, 10 catches for 124 yards today. Uh, in that depleted Washington receiving crew. He is only owned in 0.4% of leagues, but until today there was no indication that we should pick him up. Yeah, no, I, actually I thought last week would have been a, a time for him to, to have a decent game for just because of that reason, all everybody out and hurting, and uh, just one week too early because I wasn't on him this week, and there he goes having that great game. Yeah, it, he's a good young receiver. He should get more chances. Uh, you know, with, especially with Crowder out and Richardson not being 100% healthy, you know, Dotson being Dotson. Uh, I, I think this kid does have a chance to see a slight uptick. Do we see this kind of game out of him again? I don't think so. How much of your percentage of your fab would you bid on him? Uh, 
Yeah, not much. I'd probably go maybe ten uh, percent. Maybe not even that much. Probably. Give me a little sniff. Okay. Uh, O.J. Howard today. Yeah, that's what I said. Probably not that much if yeah. I thought about it. Four catches for fifty-three yards and uh, two touchdowns. O.J. Howard has arrived really as a fantasy player. He has uh, three touchdowns in his last two games and four in his last four. He has four con- consecutive double-figure performances and uh, in six of his last seven. That's nice and pretty when you consider the days of tight end in fantasy football. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. He, he's been that big play guy, and, and he's getting in the end zone. That's what you love to see. You know, uh, Not much more you can say. He's definitely been in play with both Fitz and Winston, so you don't have that concern. There was a lot of concern when Winston came back that Brate would be the guy and Howard would get pushed aside. We didn't see that happen. But now, uh, you know, he has definitely laid claim to that number one role. And, and, you know, he's seen four or five receptions every week. And then every time he hits that that touchdown, you know, you're looking at a a nice score for a tight end. Gets you in that top five tight end pretty much every time he does. All right, moving right along. Keenan Allen with uh, his best game of the season. Six catches for 124 yards against Seattle. And just his first uh, 100-yard performance since week one against the Kansas City Chiefs. He's got Oakland next. Uh, we rediscovering Keenan Allen, or are you still skeptical? No, hey, look, this Keenan Allen, you know, has done this before. He started off season slow and then built up as the season's gone on. Uh, and I'm not skeptical. He is, a, you know, a very good, solid wide receiver that should definitely start creeping up as the year continues. He was the only one that saw, you know, targets over five this week, and he he put it to good use. Cam Newton today, 19 of 25, 247 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 11 carries for 33 yards. I think we expected more Newton upside than what we got today. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, sorry. I got to stop doing that to you. Yeah, uh, yeah I, 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 totally. I get very we, confused. We I never... I never know when uh, you mean yes or no. And then you confuse me when you talk about saying an offensive player is lights out. And meanwhile, lights out means to shut someone else down. So I'm still trying to figure you out, Jim. <laughs> there you go, Scott. Uh, you and everybody else, let's put it that way. Yeah, everybody expected Cam to be a lot higher owned. I mean, Daily Roto loved him, thought he, he had the best value on the board today. And, you know, while he, he did everything he needed to do to win this game, uh, it just wasn't a, a huge fantasy day for him. It was a good fantasy day. Hey, you get 20 points, you get 20 points, you take it. Just not the upside that everybody was really looking for. All right, Deshaun Watson with an interesting performance. 213 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and six rushes for 38 yards. Uh, Newton bit, didn't put up the best numbers today, but I think when you look at it from a scouting perspective, it was encouraging. He was not afraid to take off and run today. He was not. He, he played without fear today, which is really good to see. Well, I'll tell you the thing that that was bothering me coming into this game about him was how would he deal with the uh, the high altitude with the rib injury and the lug injury? And I'll tell you, it didn't seem to affect him at all. It, you didn't see him on the sidelines having to to go to the oxygen mess all the time, which is what I thought he'd have to be doing. So it really looks like those those injuries to his ribs and his lungs are really in the past at this point. 
Yeah, which is uh, always good to see, although uh, Pam Garns, former uh, NFL defensive back and coach on our lineup block today, said uh, it might be take a good year to fully recover for something like this. Oh, and absolutely possible, but uh, uh, if it was still as severe as it was even two weeks ago, I, I think we would have seen him on the sideline, on the bench, with the air mask on pretty much all game because it, Denver, I mean, just just walking in that air is enough to really put you down. When you're trying to play at that, that altitude and you have not a full lung capacity, it's definitely tough. Todd Gurley today with 68 rushing yards and a touchdown and just uh, six catches for 11 yards. In terms of yardage, this was a very, very disappointing day for Gurley. But, uh, yeah, go ahead and swoop in uh, if somebody's worried about the fact that Malcolm Brown <laughs> uh, vultured a touchdown. You get him before he plays Kansas City. Seriously, people are going to do that, too. I know they are. That's just going to make me crazy. <laughs> oh, man, Gurley, you know, he didn't do nothing this week. Is it time to get rid of him? Come on, guys. Really. Look, right, New I'll Orleans run defense is great. They're, 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 they're very good, and they did a very good job against him today. And, you know, a game that, at least in the beginning, looked like New Orleans came, you know, ready, uh, stock for bear in this one, while it took the, the Rams a little while to get going. So, you know, it. Don't, don't read anything into it. Gurley is still Gurley, and if anybody asks me that question, I, I'm going to give you a, a bitch slap to the back of the head. All right. Uh, if you like a bitch slap to the back of the head from Jim Day, uh, you know, call him up and tell him you're worried about Todd Gurley at 844-843-6879. We'll invite you down to 218 West 35th Street, and you get bitch slapped by uh, Jim Day in the back of the head. Some people might consider that an honor, Jim. Yeah, some people might enjoy it too much. Yeah, I got smacked by the cards <laughs> right here. Uh, Cooper Cup and his return to the lineup. Uh, five catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. Cooper Cup comes back, and he uh, looks pretty much like the same guy he was. Yeah, and it, it was first three quarters really hadn't done much, and people were, oh, I knew we shouldn't have started him today, and, you know, I, I can't tell people enough. Wait till the game's finished. If you want to pitch after the game's finished, then do that. But wait till the game's at least finished oh, yeah. before you start writing people off. Yeah, it's like in the second quarter. Where is Cooper Cup? He's on the field. Yeah, it's like, Relax. come on. <laughs> Not everything happens over four full quarters. Curtis Samuel today, at the game of his career, one carry for 33 yards and a touchdown, two catches for 38 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, with this guy, uh, you know, people certainly realize the potential, but the production has never been there. Was this week just a big tease, or is it a sign of something to come with the Carolina wide receivers? I don't think it's really a sign of things to come. I, I mean, they do like this kid, and he, he's, you know, that that little guy that can really get, get after it, and he's fast, he's edgy, but... You know, it's not going to be something you can count on every week, especially a 33-yard rushing touchdown. So I, I wouldn't go over the top on this at all. Uh, sit back, relax. He's still so far down in the pecking order. You're not likely to see anything close to this. Omar, uh, uh, Curtis Samuel is uh, is high on that, high on that, not too high on that totem pole consistently. Uh, Calvin Ridley today gets back in the end zone. Six catches for 71 yards 
and a touchdown. This guy is uh, highly touchdown dependent. You know, we're talking about uh, talking about he has eight touchdowns already, but he just has one. This was his first in the last four games, but he gets he gets Cleveland next. No, and he is. He, he definitely is. He's you know everybody got so hot, ramped up on him after you know four weeks, and he's had six touchdowns. This is the only one since uh, since week five that he's had, and you know against. You know Tampa Bay and the Giants in between, so he, he's going to have more games where he's not doing that great, uh, as opposed to more games that he puts up the score and, and gets you there. But he's still a good young receiver, somebody highly thought of uh, moving forward and what he can do in that offense. But right now he is still third in the pecking order behind Sanu and Jones. Greg Olson four catches for 71 yards and a touchdown, second week in a row. That he has caught a touchdown pass, and uh, and when, sorry, it's uh, the third week in a row that uh, Greg Olson has actually caught a touchdown pass. Uh, and those are his first three years, three of the year. But uh, in terms of catches and yardage, he's had his best game so far with uh, nine catches for seventy yards. How much does it encourage you about Olson? Uh, and he can play, he plays Pittsburgh and Detroit. Uh, next, how much? How much? Not just concern you, I, but how much? Uh, how much does this boost your outlook for him? Oh, it, it boosted a lot. He looked real good today. Uh, he, he looked a little bit more spry again. Look, he's never going to be the Olsen he was with the injuries he's had recently. But he looked better today than he looked last week. Last week he looked better than the week before. Uh, he's, you know, definitely Newton's guy. Newton loves to throw to him when he's healthy and on the field. And, as long as he can continue to do that, he's got some really good matchups coming for, forward that he could really put up monster numbers, and he should get himself back into that, you know, every week start capability at this point. Yeah, when you said spry, you made me think of bad Santa. Granny, are you spry? <laughs> uh, I, I have no idea what I'm going to say to make you think of anything, Scott. I'm just connecting words with each other. That's what I do. Uh, Russell Wilson today, 26 and 30, 39, 235 passing yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, four rushes for 41 yards. Uh, Wilson's not running much, not breaking the pocket much. Uh, he is standing in the pocket and being efficient usually, but it, it was just like nobody was open today and he was getting frustrated. Yeah, and, you know, we finally got, you know, the, the amount of throws we'd like to see out of him this week. And he puts up a worse fantasy game than when he's throwing, you know, completing 14 passes. Uh, it's just one of those games came out of left field. Chargers played him good, played a tight defense today against him. And, you know, it just didn't work in his favor this week. I, I don't think it really bothers me going forward. I, I still love him uh, in the second half of the season. Melvin Gordon, 123 yards in that game. 113 by the ground, making people miss, carrying tacklers. Marvin Melvin Gordon's active. Got to start another pressing performance by Melvin Gordon today. All right, lots more to come here on Fantasy Football Rewind. Continued update you in review of Week Nine. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. 
The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back here on Fantasy Football Rewind. Got into a jib day. Baker Mayfield today, 29 of 42, 297 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Came out of the game today. We reevaluated the concussion and returned. Some people were saying, hey, do I start Mayfield or Rivers? You know, items like that. Do I start Mayfield or Drew Brees? You can't just base matchup choices on a uh, lineup choices on a matchup. You know, in any matchup, uh, Baker Mayfield still has to prove that he can really put up especially consistently uh, impressive numbers. Can't argue with that at all. Uh, you know, hopefully this is a sign of, you know, the new coaching changes and them trying to spread the, the offense. They, they still need a good number two wide receiver. I, I just don't think uh, Callaway is that guy. I think they need somebody opposite Landry. Otherwise, it's just going to continue to kill Landry's value. But uh, Mayfield, you know, Almost 300 yards today. Uh, definitely got it done that way. Our, our, you know, they lost. They they were in the game, you know, for a lot of this game, and then KC pulled away at the end. Uh, love what the kid did in this one, um, but you know, it, in fact, he actually did outscore Rivers this week. Yeah, he did slightly, uh, but yeah, Mayfield, nothing more than a QB two right now. Mike Davis of the Seahawks today. Uh, uh, 62 yards and seven catches for 49 yards. Uh, Chris Carson coming out of the game early with a hip injury, and they really turned to Davis uh, to be their versatile guy. Uh, and he definitely showed up. And, you know, it, one of those games would have been so much better if uh, Chris Carson never started because I'm sure most people started Carson, and he ended up getting you 40 yards on the ground before getting injured and going back out and Davis being the guy. and. I would have loved to see what Davis could have done if he got the whole game. Yeah, well, he nearly did get the whole game. Uh, Philip Rivers, you mentioned 228 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. But if you actually watch the game, he was really mistake-free and very clean. Yeah, he, play, he played a good NFL game. Just didn't work out that way for fantasy owners. And he did what he needed to do to win the game. And you can't blame him for that. But you, you skipped over one player that I definitely want to talk about. Who's that? Nick Bennett? Nick Bennett. Why? Just before Rivers, six catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown. Now, we talked about this this morning because Daily Roto had him in their lineups today, and I just couldn't figure out why. And I'd still love to figure out why. I, I really want to get on a phone right now and call Drew Dinkmeyer and say, what was your thinking behind this? Because there was no reason in the world that Nick Vanette should have been in play today, yet they thought he was a, a good play today, and he comes out and proves he, had, he was a good play today. It doesn't make any sense in the world to me. That, that sometimes Daily Roto will uh, 
say, you know, guys are plug playing. It'll seem like there's no good reason. It'll turn out to be right. No, maybe I know, but maybe that's what I, I want to know. I want to know what they're thinking. Maybe this is why you here. stay on the couch, you know, and uh, I do as seasonal guys, and you know, they're sitting in the front of the room. Well, there is always that. There's no doubt about it. They are definitely more proficient in DFS than I. But no, really, it, it's more about I would love to know what their thinking was. How did they get to Nick Vanette after he has shown nothing uh, basically to date, and they pick him out? Uh, I, I just don't see it. <laughs> Seems like they, got, I've tried they have to look one at guy like that every week. All different angles today. Yeah, I, I've tried to pick it apart from every different angle, and no matter how I look at it, I, I couldn't. I wouldn't have come up with Nick Vanette in, in in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'm a Seattle follower, and I probably couldn't do that. Uh, Jordan Howard today, 14 carries, 47 yards, but two touchdowns. He's got four rushing touchdowns in his last three games, uh, three consecutive weeks. He has scored in, and uh, you know this offense is looking good, and he's their finisher. Yeah, especially if they get out. To an early lead, you can expect to see a lot of him going forward. And, you know, it's finally starting to come in for him. But after a very slow start, he's finally starting to come around. And we're start, starting to see him getting a little more involved. You know, last week he had 22 carries, which was nice to see. Uh, only twice on the season as he eclipsed 20. But, you know, the two touchdowns are nice. And like you said, four touchdowns, last three games, nothing to sneeze at. I'll take that production if it can continue. He's got quite a few good matchups, including going against the Lions twice in the next two, uh, three weeks. What would you sneeze at? Oh. Nothing to sneeze at. What would you sneeze at? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Red pepper. Red pepper. All right. Uh, everybody talk. Here's the thing. <laughs> can't just look at matchups and use that as the main base. Well, not, not the main basis, but as, as the heavy overriding basis to make your lineup decisions. And a lot of people wanted to do that with Alex Smith. They wanted to start Alex Smith over Ben Roethlisberger, uh, etc. But Alex Smith cannot take advantage of a matchup like he had today against Washington. And he did have 300 passing yards, 306 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception, but it really wasn't that good day even at of good of a day for Alex Smith. You can't just look at the matchup. You have to look at whether the player that you're talking about can really take advantage of that matchup or not. Especially with all the people that he had, you know, not playing today, Crowder and Thompson. And, you know, it definitely takes away a little bit. And the other side of the coin was, you know, that Atlanta did a really good job of shutting down Adrian Peterson today. So, you know, it looked like it should have been an Alex Smith day. And while he did get, get you to 300 yards, the one touchdown is always going to hold you back. If you're starting a quarterback, you want to see at least two touchdowns out of him. Nick Chubb today, I uh, expected better. You know, certainly not a bad day at all. You got, you got 16 PPR points, but 22 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown. I was actually expecting more from Nick Chubb with all the carries that he gets uh, for them maybe wanting to play ball control. Uh, you got the best, the, set, the second best game of his career. Uh, if you recall back in week four against Oakland, he had 105 rushing yards on three carries and two touchdowns. I just feel like we haven't seen the best of Nick Chubb yet. They have Atlanta, then they got a bye, Cincinnati, Houston, Carolina. Uh, you know, he's clearly the lead back, but uh, we know what Duke Johnson did in the passing game. 
We talked about it before, but a little bit of a disappointing performance from Nick Chubb for my taste. Well, again, it, a lot of it came down to, you know, at the end of the game, they didn't really have a choice to run him. They had to throw the ball a lot uh, because they got down, and that's what you're going to see with Chubb. He doesn't really offer the upside of being a pass-catching back because of that, you know, when game script is against him, when they're from playing from behind, especially now that they got Duke Johnson involved again, it's going to not go his way. So he, he's going to become like an Adrian Peterson that way. Adrian Peterson can be game scripted out if they're playing from behind. You're going to see the same thing with Chubb. And was one of the things I was worried about with him today. Uh, and he actually did a little better than I thought. Benjamin Watson makes an appearance. Three catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown. You know, looking at Ben Watson's history this season, now you look at it last season, he was basically quiet from weeks two to 15, I believe, last year. Uh, but now Ben Watson has two 16-plus point games in the PPR in his last three weeks, but I don't want to believe because he has three double-figure games, <laughs> and then he has he has, uh, he has four single-figure games, including being shut out by Minnesota. Benjamin Watson's still on the fantasy radar, but you can't trust him whatsoever. Uh, well, you, you might have to with some of these you know, weeks, especially week 11 is the last one with six uh, teams on by. You might just have to. Uh, four weeks, four teams next week, you might have to. And, you know, luckily, in, I was lucky enough in a couple of leagues to have to play him today, and it worked out for me. But you're right. I mean, very hard to, to count on him uh, every week. But, you know, Drew Brees has been getting it to him a little bit more of late, and hopefully that's a trend that continues. We heard that Dalvin Cook might play, and then he was going to be on a pitch count, and then uh, 10 rushes for 89 yards and four catches for 20 yards, including a 70-yard run. You never know here with uh, what's going to happen with, with Dalvin Cook. Two weeks ago, we thought he was going to play, and then he uh, something flared up in the warm-ups that he didn't play. Today, it didn't look good. He was able to rip off a 70-yard run, and if Latavius Murray fumbled early, Seemed like he's got a lot of the backfield work. But you, you can't trust Dalvin Cook. Uh, inside injuries when he first got injured said two to four-week optimal recovery time, which means he's not in that recovery window just yet. But every player has a different pain tolerance, and it's a, it's a different pace on which they heal. I guess he felt well. I guess he felt well. Uh, he felt well enough to come back and make a dent today. But uh, with Dalvin Cook, you just can't trust him. You don't know what's going to expect from week to week when you have this questionable tag on him. One week he's not playing, and then the next he's ripping off uh, long runs, and he's active. Well, to me, this was a great sign. I didn't play him today. I didn't tell anybody to play him today. Um, I didn't expect these kind of numbers. So, But it was still nice to see as a Dalvin Cook owner because it does give me some hope moving forward because he did look pretty good today. And he's got the bye week next week, uh, a full week where he can get a little bit more healthy. And if he didn't suffer any setbacks today, which I didn't see any of, I didn't see him come off the field at any time where it looked like he didn't look right. So I'm hoping that there was no setbacks here. Uh, with the bye week next week, this gives me hope that, you know, going into week 11, that maybe I finally get Dalvin Cook back from my big end of season run. And, you know, if you've been sitting on him this long, he might finally pay off. Uh, that 70-yard run was a nice little piece of running by him today. 
Juju Smith-Schuster, seven catches for 78 yards. Uh, he hasn't hit – he hasn't hit uh, – he hit hit over 100 yards the first three games, but has done it one in the last five five games. Yeah, he just hasn't looked the same, and he actually went off the field for a little while today with an injury, but luckily he came back. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how to say it. It's been all Antonio Brown ever since Antonio Brown's hissy fit. And what we've seen of that is because of that, we've seen Juju Smith take a back seat, you know, like we all expected he would to start the season. But, you know, everybody got their hopes up after that fiery start. This is probably more along the lines of what we're going to be seeing from him with the occasional touchdown thrown in. Uh, but, you know, 7 for 78 gets you almost 15 points. Not a bad game. Yeah, he scored once in the, in the past three games. Uh, if I'm ranking Juju Smith high right now in my weekly lineup ranks it's it's i'm overrating him you know you got to strip the name off the back of the jersey and look at the production yeah and you really have to look at recent production a lot of the times too sometimes it's hard to do that like you say with somebody who got off to such a great start you'd still have that thought uh process in your mind when you're trying to do these every week and you know it, it's hard to get away from that sometimes i, I feel you on that I, it, we all have those biases yeah some of us do, that's for sure. All right, uh, taking a look as we continue to move down the leaderboard here. Uh, Edo Smith today, uh, 10 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown, one catch for four yards. If you use him as a bye week plugger, uh, you got the results. Edo Smith has scored four times in his last five games. He's only owned in 31.7% of leagues in yeah, no, he's definitely another player that is, you know, God, I'm just going to start doing that, stop doing that to you. Or maybe I'm doing it just to confuse you, but <laughs> uh, he, he, you know, he is the epitome of touchdown dependent. Uh, if he's scoring you those touchdowns, he's getting you where you need to be into that double digits. If he's not, then you're looking at a six, seven point game every week. And, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to tell which role here. We, we saw Coleman have a really nice game today. Uh, but both of these backs were able to run over a Washington defense that seems to be reeling all, all of a sudden after a very good start to the season for them. Over the last few weeks, they have definitely uh, been a lot looser. Yeah, that depth has been compromised by injuries. Uh, Willie Sneed today with seven catches for 58 yards. Uh, dare I say uh, that this is one of the best games we've seen from Sneed uh, so far this year because especially being that third receiver, he never gets in the end zone. He hasn't since week one, and he has no upside. Well, he did lead lead the, the Ravens in targets, catches, and receiving yards today. So, more, I, I think this is an indictment of uh, Joe Flacco than Chris Moore. it is Willie Sneed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> Willie Sneed, though, you know, I mean, he's had a pretty productive season. Uh, I think what has he got six double digit weeks uh, and you know seven double digit weeks and two non double digits so I, I mean he's been fairly consistent as a wide receiver three flex option and I don't see that changing Adam Thielen four catches for 22 yards and a touchdown we've heard about some records uh, that he that he made today but uh, calf injury kind of hindered him but he still got in the end zone yeah luckily that that ends uh, End zone catch, you know, saved you from being a total dud. 
for the day, but he, he definitely, uh, he was a little hindered today, and Detroit says they, they played him tight, played him well. They, they were on him all game, especially with Diggs being out. Uh, you you kind of figured they'd roll extra to him, and they had a really good day against him. Luckily, he got in the end zone, though, saved his day. Marvin Jones Jr. with uh, six catches for 66 yards today. Uh, did step up in the major way that some expected, uh, you know, with Golden Tate gone. Well, this whole passing offense didn't. Uh, Stafford didn't. Nobody really did in this offense. It just didn't come together. You know, maybe they missed the fact that, you know, Golden Tate could move the, the chains for him, keep those drives going. Uh, but they just never seem to get on keel here against Minnesota, whose defense stepped up in a big way today. It's surprising that Golden Tate got rid of him, but uh, you know, one could think that maybe it's personality conflict sort of thing. I like him going to the Eagles if he can fit in with that culture. Uh, that's for sure. Robert Woods today, five catches for 71 yards. No, nothing major. Uh, then we have uh, Tyree Kill with four catches for 69 yards. It was kind of up and down, but there's a nice floor there, about 60, 65 yards. Yeah, right. You're, you're looking at a floor of double digits, and, and as long as you get that, you're great. But, you know, every you know couple of weeks, he's going to give you that 30 points. And, you know, when you were weak on his own, he's just going to be that kind of player in this kind of offense. He's always been a little bit up and down, and, you know, it just it's hard to sit him. You can't sit him in this offense. Uh, no matter what he does, but he, he's just really giving you solid production all season long. Yeah, Josh Doxson today, uh, one catch for 31 yards and a touchdown. Nothing to see here, right, Jim? Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not buying it. You know, he did get the touchdown. He has six targets, only caught three of them. 31 yards doesn't really get me excited. Uh, if he, yeah, it, it's just hard. I, it's so hard for me to have any trust in him. He just gets hurt too easy, misses too much time. Uh, it's hard to back that up. All right. Jim Day, he can back it up. And we're going to back into a break here and be right back on Fantasy Football Rewind. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. All right, back here on the Fantasy Football Rewind. It is Scott Engel and the Fantasy Taz Jim Day. Yeah, what does a Taz sound like? I'm a little like Greg Sussman. <laughs> All right. Uh, Scott Engel and Jim Day here reviewing week nine. And uh, another quiet game for Doug Baldwin here. Uh, just four catches for 27 yards for, uh, for Doug Baldwin. And uh, no, 77. I'm sorry. 77 four catches yards. for 77 yards. 
I always got a little bleary here. I'd, you, know, you got 11 points today. Uh, it is his second double. Well, you've been going all day today, haven't you? What? You've had a long day. No wonder your eyes are a little bleary. A little bit, a little bit. But, uh, you know, hey, look, Matthew Stafford got poked in the eye today. And, uh, you know, so, yes, he did. so if he can rebound, so can I. And I'm better than he is. Four catches for 77 yards. Uh, a little bit encouraging, but, and you know, we did see a 91-yard game two weeks ago. But Doug Baldwin, the downfield ability, the yardage after the catch right now, it's just not there very much. He's like a borderline wide receiver three in fantasy right now. Yeah, especially when you throw in the fact that, you know, uh, up until today, Russell Wilson has been throwing a ton, and that's always played to throw a ton today know, either. Strength Baldwin's not well, he threw a lot of attempts, he threw 40 times, is what I'm saying. The attempts were there today, and we saw Baldwin have a better game, but he still only saw four targets. And he, he's just like you keep saying, he is not all there. His knees are definitely bothering him. Yeah, it's, it's like he's healthy enough to play, but. Something's missing there. Latavius Murray today, uh, 10 carries for 31 yards and a touchdown, uh, and one one catch for 16 yards. It was the supposed to, it was the first touchdown of the day today uh, that you saw on the Red Zone Channel or that you saw on Fantasy Football Live here on the Fantasy Foot Sports Radio Network. Uh, originally, they credited to Kyle Rudolph, but then they gave it back to Murray. And uh, with with uh, Dalvin Cook back though. You know, Murray only saw those 10 carries. He's going to get relegated to a secondary role there, but you got to keep him rostered. Now, look, it's obvious to us, but somebody called up today and said, you know, I got Dalvin Cook. Should I still keep Latavius Murray as a handcuff in a 10-team league? You have to because, you know, Dalvin Cook could sneeze and he could break four ribs. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you on that. You definitely have to. Uh, Dalvin Cook is no lock to stay healthy for the rest of the season, that's for sure. And, you know, when he's been out, Murray uh, has done well, including last year. So definitely want to keep him. Uh, he's definitely one of the most solid, uh, you know, handcuffs in the league at this point. He certainly is. And you got to remember, before they drafted Dalvin Cook, they actually signed Latavius Murray. Yeah, but they still drafted Dalvin Cook. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, they do have some sort of role for him, even though it's not a featured role. I think, uh, you know, maybe they had the eye on getting Cook or some running back in the draft, but said, uh, you know, Latavius Murray can certainly have, uh, you know, some sort of a key role in their offense. Well, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, everybody, uh, every team needs at least two solid running backs that they can count on. You're never going to make it through Colts an NFL season I guess. with one really well, <laughs> well, they, they now that's not true. They got some help from Naheem Hines earlier in the season uh, when Mac was out, and you know now Mac is back, so he's taken over. So again, two running backs. I mean, Gurley is probably the the only one that you could say really it, so far doesn't you haven't really seen a need for a second. But even Malcolm Brown scored today. But Mac so, is back. You know, you can't say that every team needs every team needs at least two running backs that they can count on uh, just to cover that injury. Some teams don't have it, though. Well, you're right. Some teams don't have it. I'm just saying they need it. I'm not saying it's there. Yeah. yeah Some teams just don't know how to, how to, how to. Uh, I, I, I guess you, you know what? I, the Packers don't need two quality running backs because they, 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 they we've, we've talked about it, uh, you know, on Fantasy Football Live about, you know, this is a pass-first team and. uh 
you know, they really just don't pay enough attention to the run. Again, you're right. Uh, but, you know, last week, if they would have had a runner that they could have counted on, maybe they would have won that game. No, I mean, you look back to the Eddie Lacy days, they do, even early in his career, and, you know, they always put the pass first. I, I agree. But if you don't have a running game to think of, it's really hard to, you know, try to fool a defense. They know you're going to pass. Now, luckily, Rodgers is good enough. He can still get away with that most of the time. But most quarterbacks can't. So while that team is the aberration, it's definitely not the norm. Yeah, it is. You tell you, look, it makes sense, your philosophy, but the, Mike McCarthy doesn't agree with you, Jim Deck. Yeah, Mike, Mike McCarthy probably should be going soon anyway. Where's he going? He's going to become a coordinator. He's Somewhere one of those, else. He's one of those head Bay coaches who's better yeah. as a coordinator than a head coach. I think so. I think he still makes a little too many mistakes for my liking as a head coach. All right, Sammy Watkins today with five catches for 62 yards. Uh, you know, Sammy Watkins has been showing renewed signs of life recently. Uh, certainly not the number one receiver he was in Buffalo, but uh, the last three games he started to pick it up again. One of the few number three wide receivers in an offense that uh, you know it can remain relevant. But you know, there's always the possibility, even with all the volume, Patrick Mahomes is uh, is providing that could be a dud in any given week. True, but you know he he's had one of those duds back in week six against the the Patriots. Exactly my point. But yes. in six out of yeah, but in six out of the last seven games, he's gotten you double digits uh, because of this offense. Because of, you know Mahomes is playing at such an elite level that you know he's got a real. You know, you can't say floor at that point after a 3.7 point performance against New England. That's his floor. Unfortunately, it, you know, fortunately, it doesn't happen very often in this offense this year. He's producing, you know, as a pretty steady uh, bottom tier wide receiver two, top tier wide receiver three every week. Vernon Davis showed up uh, with five catches for 62 yards, but then could go right back in the tank. So nothing to look at. Uh, Jarvis Landry. Six oh, wait, 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 wait. Vernon Davis. Uh, uh, two teams today. I had to put Vernon Davis in. Hey, you got 11 points. Look at that. I, I, and I was like, and one of my guys says, oh, man, how did you know to start Davis? I was like, dude, I, I had no clue. It, it was the only person I had to, to go with. And Could have played Jeff Hireman. Uh, yeah, not, yeah. Actually, Jeff Hireman was gone in that league, to be honest with you. So, Picked clean. Uh, this is a pretty heavy tight end league. Uh, we we get point and a half per reception for tight ends and all that kind of stuff. So most of the tight, end, tight ends are rostered. Just so happened that Vernon Davis was my only backup, and he did me well today. All right. Uh, second consecutive 11-point week for Jarvis Landry. Uh, disappointing when you consider the opposition, Kansas City. Uh, six catches for 50 yards. Uh, in four of his last five games, he has not gone, not gone above the 11-yard mark, and he only has only two touchdown uh, receptions this season. Yeah, it, he's getting killed. There's no doubt about hmm. it. They they need somebody on the other side. They need somebody that defenses can feel threatened by and need to you know take into account when they're game planning. Right now, they're game planning for taking out Jarvis Landry, and that's what they're doing. 
You know, they keep rotating safeties to his side. They're making sure they have him bracketed on most plays. And, you know, it's very hard to get past that at this point, especially with a rookie quarterback. Only once since week four has uh, Alex Collins caught, carried the ball more than 11 times in a game. And today was, uh, was nine, which was the lowest in week two. But yet he gets in the end zone again, and he's got four touchdown runs in his last four games. He's got six overall this year. Alex Collins is, uh, you know, he's the preferred goal line back. Look, I, I've said it so many times ad nauseum that I think they should give him more work because uh, he runs well. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Corey was saying, but he fumbled last week. I said, did you see the fumble? He goes, a fumble is a fumble. I said, no. Not when the quarterback botches the snap and, you know, barely gets it to you and the defense is all <laughs> over you. Uh, you know, Alex Collins, yeah, right. you know, he's an impressive runner, and they just never let him get in the rhythm. I am 100% behind you on that. Exactly. He, he looks so good when he's running the ball. Uh, you know, it's almost like he's still paying for that week one fumble uh, that, you know, cost them I'd a lot. Do it again. It, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, right. It, it just doesn't make any sense. It, this kid is their best back. You know, get him the ball at least 15, 16 times a game. These nine carries aren't going to get any running back going. Uh, you need to build up ahead of steam, and that's just not going to get it. No, it ain't going. It ain't going to get done. No. Uh, Trey Burton today with uh, two catches for 28 yards and a touchdown. Not much in yardage, but Burton is is the guy that really finishes off a lot of drives for this team when it comes to the passing game. He's he's been touchdown dependent all year, but the touchdowns have come. He's he's got five touchdown receptions on the season. And three in the last four weeks. I'm with you. Yeah, and he's got four uh, double-figure games score, in his last five. He finds a way to get it done, whether he's got the yardage or not. Or if he doesn't get in the end zone, uh, you know, he is getting some yardage. Most weeks. I, I mean, he had, you know, week one, 2.5 fantasy points. Week eight against the Jets, 4.8 fantasy points. So he's throwing a couple of duds out there. But with... The tight end position, as we talk about all the time, being so in disarray this year, he's been a pretty solid stud uh, most weeks. And, you know, you can't really cry about one or two weeks where he, you know, puts the dud on the table. They're all doing it. All right. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, six catches for 47 yards. Were you a little bit disappointed considering that maybe there should have been more opportunity for him today? I was a lot disappointed. I definitely expected him to do more in this one. Uh, you know, they, they, it, I don't know what to say here. I, I did expect them to be able to do more against Houston in this with Sanders, and it just didn't come together. Uh, man, at, at least it wasn't a total dud. You get to double digits, okay. You can live with it. But, man, it, it, after the way he's been playing, even with Case Keenum having a bad season, you know, Sanders has been that guy you can count on pretty much every week, and this week was definitely a little bit of a letdown. Theo Riddick, seven catches for 36 yards today. And uh, his best game of the season and best since week two. Is Theo Riddick back in play, or even when he's been healthy, as he's had too many quiet weeks for my taste? He's had too many quiet weeks for my taste, too. But him being back in play definitely puts a little bit of a crip in on Johnson again. You know, last week we saw with Riddick out, John, uh, on Johnson with the six receptions for 69 yards. You know, that was definitely a nice taste for PPR leagues. People wanted to see that. Now Riddick is back. 
takes that upside right away from Carrion Johnson, and he goes back to being touchdown dependent most weeks. All right, uh, moving right along on the leaderboard here. Capri Bibbs was a guy that I liked a lot because uh, with Chris Thompson out and him active, I thought he was going to catch some passes. Only one catch for 15 yards, but he did rush for 20 yards, and he got a touchdown today. So uh, if you took the flyer on him, you know, look, you got a little over 10 points. And that's all you were pretty much expecting, more than likely, with him. And, you you know, take what you can get and run away and be glad that you got it. Be glad you didn't get a zero, right? You got 10 points instead. That's right. Take what you got and run away. Be take happy. What you can get when you can get it. One of my uh, one of my junior high school classmates said that. Uh, Philadelphia, Philly, uh, Philly Lindsay. Imagine if he played for Philadelphia. He'd be Philadelphia Lindsay. But he's not. Seven carries yeah. for 60 <laughs> yards and uh, two catches for 24 yards. Uh, I think he expected more upside today. But look, if a low day for him is going to be 10.4 points, you know you have something of a floor there. He has uh, scored a double-figure PPR points every week since week four. Yeah, no, he... he <laughs> Sorry. Yes, he is playing very well, and this was a low point for him. But like I said, this seems to be his floor, and I, and I'll take that with most weeks expecting more. I did expect more. Most people expected more from him in this matchup against Houston. But Houston came and played. They they just had a really good defense today, and it just didn't work out that way for Philip Lindsay. But like I said, get get to ten points. You know, you can keep me sane. Get me under 10 points. Then I start banging my head against the wall. All right. Don't bang your head against the wall, Taz. No, it's a, <laughs> what, what would Taz banging his head against the wall sound like? <laughs> it just sounds like Taz. Why was there no thumping there? <laughs> well, because Taz, you don't, he doesn't have a hollow head, so you don't hear the thump. Oh, okay. I didn't realize the anatomy of Taz. Uh, Tyrell Williams, too. Only two catches for 23 yards, but he scored a touchdown. He has four touchdowns in his last three games. And uh, the underrated Phillip Rivers uh, has been looking for him for big plays. Tyrell Williams, all of a sudden, though, we didn't even think he was rosterable early in the year, has all of a sudden reemerged re as a fantasy wide receiver three slash high-end wide receiver four type. I hate Tyrell Williams. Doesn't like you either. I hate Tyrell Williams. I hate like Tyrell Williams. He keeps taking plays away from my boy, Mike Williams. Mike Williams scored today. I hate Tyrell Williams. Yeah, that's the only catch he had was to score today. He'll take it. Uh, did he do that before the bye? One catch for 55 yards, and <laughs> uh, it, it was a touchdown. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is, become, this is becoming too much of a trend. He catches one play. Hopefully, he scores. Oh, man, they, they need to get him the ball more often. This is becoming ridiculous. Oh, and Mike Williams every week. Like today, one catch for 30 yards and a touchdown. Uh, next week, it'll be, you know, it's it'd be one catch for 45 yards and a touchdown. You can count on about seven, <laughs> ten, nine points a week. Yeah, but, man, this kid is too good at talent, and he should be getting a lot more than that. Uh, I, man, I want to see this kid break out. He's got so much talent. Uh, it's, just, ah, it's just baffling to me. Coming up next, we'll talk about Great Quan Smith. What did he do today? We'll find out next. He right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network with Scott Engel and Jim Day.
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to Fantasy Rewind. Sunday night, Scott Angle and Jim Day. We're bringing you all the scores from the day today. Week nine. Day from the day. Going crazy. And there he is, Mr. Scotty is back. All right. Uh, don't know. I think we had a technical issue there. Maybe fumbled or something like that. Holding Alex Collins. Uh, halfway through the NFL season, DailyRoto.com's NFL Optimizer has already produced millions of winnings for subscribers, including multiple winners in the hundreds of thousands and a million-dollar winner in the NBA in full swing, the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available, and subscribers are crushing it on a, on a regular nightly basis there. If you're hooked, you can now buy the DailyRoto.com Elite Package, giving you access year-round to the suite of successful tools and projections that DailyRoto.com subscribers have been using to print money in NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, and MLB and PGA Daily Fantasy. When you sign up for the Elite Package, you'll get the new NFL betting tools that they've rolled out, including against the spread, money line, game totals, and player props. So head on to over to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, and check out what the Elite Package has to offer. If you don't have a problem with winning money year-round, you're going to love it. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today. Sounds good to me, Jim. How about you? Hey, sounds great to me. Uh, didn't uh, didn't quite work out my way today in DFS, but that's how it goes. <laughs> Sometimes it bees that way, Poppy. I should have played you know? Nick Fournette. I should have played Nick Fournette. Yeah, you uh, you played Traquan Smith today. Uh, two catches for twenty three yards, but he did have a touchdown. I think we were expecting more yardage from Traquan Smith in a game that this was this high scoring. I definitely expected more out of him. I didn't think that the Rams had anybody who could keep up with Smith, uh, you know, stride for stride anywhere. I definitely expected him to see at least one long pass. It just didn't come to fruition today. But, you know, he did get you in the end zone. He got you those 10 points. Again, he's going to be a guy that is going to be touchdown dependent most weeks. And, unfortunately, there's going to be more weeks without him than there will be with him. Chris Herndon today, with uh, we talked about a prop bet uh, this morning on Bob, mybookie.ag, I believe it was, about uh, whether he was going to go over 26 yards or not. I said the over. Chris Herndon, uh, his touchdown streak came to an end, but still four catches for 62 yards. Don't look now. Chris Herndon, who is owning only 12.6% of leagues right now, has uh, three, three double-figure games in his last four. And, uh, look, no touchdown today, but he's still got you a little bit over 10 points, you know, depending if you score decimals or not. But uh, Chris, Ter- 
Chris Herndon has been one of those top guys, it seems, that you can uh, turn to on a bye week. It looks like Sam Darnold. Now, look, Sam Darnold has quite the rapport with the other team, as we saw today. But, uh, <laughs> you know, when he's completing to his own guys, he does all right with Chris Herndon. Well, he did complete as many passes to the other time to the other team as he did to Chris Herndon today, uh, four for each. So you know he's an equal opportunity passer. We got to give him that. But he, he definitely Herndon has stepped up uh, and become a playmaker in this offense with you know an offense that doesn't really have a lot. And you know you got to like what we're seeing at him. We talk about it all the time. Tight ends have been very up and down all season. You know he's you know over the last four weeks been pretty. Freaking consistent. Pretty freaking consistent. Uh, freaking uh, Danny Amendola today. Five <laughs> catches for 40 that, yards. That was a last second last second change of words there. Sorry. <laughs> there you go over there. Uh, five catches for 47 yards. He did get you nine points. Ever since Brock Osweiler is coming to the lineup, though, Danny Amendola is kind of like, he looks like that bi-week plugger. And uh, next week, he's got Green Bay. Yeah, but they, week, you know they had Kenny Stills had back Green this Bay. week. Uh, as yeah, they, next week. I'm sorry, I'm getting confused. I'm thinking week, yeah. <laughs> uh, for a second now. Like, wait, Danny Amendola is on New England, and I said, wait, New England's playing tonight. Wait, no, Danny Amendola is on Miami. <laughs> uh, we all have those moments, Scott. I don't yeah. feel for you. I've been there Thank too you, often. Baby. Not to say nothing about that. Um, look, he's definitely stepped up with Osweiler there. But they did have Kenny Stills back today as well, so kind of diluted the player pool a little bit more. Uh, we did talk about Devontae Parker this morning, and once again, we saw him come crashing back down to earth uh, like most people expected. He's just not somebody you can count on week in, week out. It never has been. I don't see why anybody thought it was going to change now. Three catches for 57 yards for Cortland Sutton. A little bit disappointing. They tried to get him in the end zone uh, a few times today. We were all talking. We were all hearing about opportunity for Cortland Sutton, but look, three catches for 57 yards. You know, maybe that's his floor going forward. Uh, I think. I think we're going to see better from Cortland Sutton. I know. I know the Broncos certainly believe that. Although when you look at Case Keenum, their scouting, uh, you know, hasn't been the best. Uh, he does have a, a bye next week uh, to try to get acclimated to this offense more as a starting wide receiver before coming out of the bye and facing uh, the, the Clippers. And uh, the Steelers. They call them the Clippers because, you know, whenever you see the abbreviation <laughs> for the Chargers, it's LAC. You know, the first thing you think of is the Clippers. I know. I still do that myself. And I, I think, they, I, I, I think the Clippers head, might draw more Diego. people than they do. <laughs> yeah, really. I still call them San Diego in my head. So what do I know? Uh, you know, he's, You call the Colts Baltimore in your head? No, not them. They've been gone too long, so not really. <laughs> call the Baltimore but, uh, Ravens, you know, the Cleveland Browns, because they Sutton are the original is not Cleveland a guy. Browns. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Sutton was a guy, you know, all week I, I told people if you were holding Sutton, I thought it was a perfect time to sell high before he actually got the gig as the starter. And this showed me, you know, I, I just don't see a lot from him that I, I really love as an every-down starter in this league. He's a, a guy that can make some big plays, show some flash here and there. I just don't think he's going to be a, a startable wide receiver each and every week in this offense, especially with Case Keenum not playing so well. And I, I just thought the the hype was too big here. and you know, I don't know. I, I could still be wrong, but... Today, only five targets in a game that I thought he should have seen a lot more. 
uh, people were expecting a lot more. Doesn't give a lot of faith here. You seriously have to worry about Devin Funches right now. Four catches for 44 yards against the likes of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Curtis Samuel uh, was one guy in the spotlight. So was DJ Moore. Christian McCaffrey, he gets rele- relegated. Really good matchup. You thought Funches might get in the end zone today, but uh, you know, things don't always go the way that we project. You know, you can never fully predict execution. Yeah, no matter how it looks on paper, it doesn't always play out that way. We know that we've seen it every week in you know so many different ways, and everything that looks logical on paper doesn't always come out on the field. Actually, most times it doesn't come out that way on the field. Yeah, you can't control it unless you're playing Madden. And like, you know, maybe maybe you have a controller because uh, you know, then then you can control and some things. Cheat codes. Yeah. Why do you have to use cheat <laughs> codes? Why do you have to be that guy? Well, because you can control it better if you have cheat codes. Why? Why do you have to play like that? Why can't you play an honest game? Are you Will one of those guys who plays who plays Madden and uses all the cheat codes online and like runs like you know forty audibles before you snap a uh, snap the ball? Actually, I haven't played Madden in about ten years, so no, I'm not that I guy. I hate those people. Uh, <laughs> it's like I, I get have, online. And I want. I don't play. have time to play video games. You got time to play fantasy football. Well, that's right. I do. An interactive hobby, the same thing. It sounds like you're put, putting Madden down here. I, I don't appreciate that. But, you know, I hate I'm those. I'm not putting Madden down. I just, I just don't play video games anymore. I had plenty of years of playing video games in my life. Believe me, uh, just lately it's not them. <laughs> I, I hate when people do that. It's like I want to go online and play a serious simulation. And, you know, you're throwing jump balls every play. And you're calling 50 audibles and you know, 60 motions before the ball is snapped. No fun. <laughs> People are no fun. All right. Devontae Booker, three carries for 15 yards and uh, two catches for nine yards. Uh, not a good day for Devontae Booker, who uh, I did unfortunately recommend uh, today as maybe uh, a good bye week plugger. He got a touchdown, though, so he got you a little something. But, yeah, yeah. I expected a little bit more from him, too. Yeah. Teddy Galladay, uh, disappointing again today, too. Three catches for 40, 40, 46 yards. Uh, Kenny Galladay right now has three consecutive games of uh, where he has not scored nine points or more. In fact, uh, he didn't reach six points or three points in his last two games. We thought more opportunity would mean something good for Galladay today, but it just didn't. And he's got the Bears next week. It's like Kelly, Kenny Galladay, who started off so well in the last four First five games this year has cooled off in a major way to the point where, you know, he's one of those guys right now where you you can't do anything with him. You can't start him, especially against the Chicago Bears last next week, and then you can't bench him. So this is what a lot of fantasy owners to start to do. Uh, they say, "Oh, what do you think I can get for Galladay?" You can't get anything because if a guy's underperforming like that, nobody else is going to want him. That's a misnomer that fantasy owners come up with a lot. I want to trade my disappointing players. You're not going to get anything yeah. for them. Not going to get anything sort of value. Now, look, there's one time out of six or seven where, you know, maybe you'll be able to pull some sort of ripoff trade or something like that. I can't say it's absolute. But right now, if you're expecting a trade of Kenny Galladay, you're not going to get anything in return. You are stuck with Kenny Galladay right now, Jim Day. 
Uh, and it doesn't look good, too. Like you say, last three weeks, six total catches, um, not even 100 yards in the three games, not looking good for him. Um, and then when you look forward, he's got Chicago in two out of the next three games. He's got Carolina in between. Then he's got the Rams. He's got Arizona and Buffalo and Minnesota all coming up through week 16. Not a good outlook going forward for Kenny Galladay. He needs to get this ship righted. Otherwise, we are looking at total junk for the rest of the year. You were right about Mitchell Trubisky this morning. You said it wasn't a good matchup for him on fantasy, on Sunday morning on Fantasy Sports Today. 135 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception. But, hey, you know, look, not every, guy, every player plays good every week. I've seen Aaron Rodgers have uh, bad weeks. Not that I'm comparing him. Aaron Rodgers, but uh, I think Mitchell Trubisky, who is having a really full, good four-game run, can rebound from this very quickly. Oh, I think he will too. Absolutely, I'm not putting him down at all. It was, it was more about the fact that Buffalo has just been playing very good defense against opposing quarterbacks and wide receivers, and you know, just doing it well to to much better quarterbacks than Trubisky and. You know, it didn't help his cause that he didn't have to throw a lot because the two defensive scores, two rushing scores kind of took that out of his hands as well. But, you know, Buffalo defense didn't help. And it just wasn't looking good for Trubisky in any way, shape or form. And, you know, it just so happened to come through. Uh, you get some right, you get some wrong. Everybody wins and loses. It's just the nature of the beast. Taylor Gabriel's owned at 55.9% of leagues. I'll cut at least 10% of that off this week after another disappointing performance. Three catches for 45 yards. Uh, the guy has not cracked eight PPR points in the last three games after a pair of consecutive 100-yard performances. Uh, you know, this guy is totally erratic, totally unreliable. Right. He had the two big games all year, and that's basically all we've seen from him. Uh, in those two games, and, and one of them was against Tampa Bay. The other one was against Miami. The rest of the time, he hasn't even cracked 10 points. Uh, not somebody you can really count on. Even with, you know, the amount of targets he was getting earlier in the season, he just wasn't doing a ton with that. Uh, it's just, it's it's hard, so hard to trust him and really have a lot of faith to, to, to think he can be a, a starter for you every week. You got to get lucky and maybe week 11, if you need him in a, during the 16 bye that maybe he comes through for you. But outside of that, he's very hard to, to start at this point. Kenny Drake, Lord, please give me the strength to deal with him. He drives me crazy. Uh, three three <laughs> carries for nine yards, four catches for 26 yards. You never know what you're going to get from Kenyon Drake in any given week. Uh, you know, this was a single-point performance after two double-figure performances, but also had a single-point performance in uh, week six. There's no really rhyme or reason in Kenyon Drake. You thought, uh, you know, against this Jets defense that he had some upside there, but this was, this was a really, really ugly game from all accounts. And uh, you know, Kenyon Drake, uh, the Dolphins only scored 13 points. They only gave up six. I really like both these defenses as streams. Uh, the Dolphins got me 26 to 28 points, depending on what side I, I played on. But Kenyon Drake, he drives me crazy. And he's driving a lot of fantasy owners crazy, but he, he's been on the uptick. This was just, like you said, an ugly game, start to finish. Uh, you know, I'm, I haven't seen the whole game yet, so I'm not sure. We talked about it this morning that there were field issues. I don't know if that came into play or not. I didn't get to see enough of the game to know. Uh, 
But it, this was just an ugly, ugly game from start to finish. And one of those games where you hope nobody... Was it an ugly game from start to finish? <laughs> it was an ugly game from start okay, to finish. Okay, he said it twice. I just there wanted to make sure. There wasn't anything redeeming. Yeah, there wasn't anything redeeming at all in this game. All right. Uh, Jordan Reed, speaking of nothing redeeming, another disappointing performance in a perceived good matchup. Four catches for 34 yards. Uh, we saw him against New Orleans earlier this year. One catch for 21 yards. Green Bay, four catches for 55 yards. You know, but that was maybe his best game of the season. Uh, right now, he's owning 88.5% of leagues. He should be owning half of that. Jordan Reed has managed to stay healthy, but he's been a complete disappointment. I don't even know if I like him against Tampa Bay in Week 10. Well, now they're actually saying that he's kind of been a little hampered by neck and back injuries the last few weeks. Uh, although he's we haven't able to really play, seen though. him listed. I, I know. I, That's I'm, a step I'm just forward saying, for this him. Is what they're saying. Um, yeah, this is who is they? Forward. But he did Damn. get who is they? today by Vernon Davis. Who is they? Uh, well, if you want to say who is they, ESPN is reporting he's been hampered by neck and back injuries. All right. Uh, but, you know, he's proper been attribution. So. <laughs> so ESPN is saying he's been hampered by injury, even though we haven't seen it on the injury reports. Very disappointing day for Kerryon Johnson. 12 carries for 37 yards and three catches for seven yards. And uh, fantasy players are going to continue to crow for him to get more playing time. And it's not going to happen. They're comfortable with the way they're using him. And exactly right with uh, Theo Riddick back in the fold. We saw him get involved in passing game. And, of course, uh, you know, Carrion Johnson gave that up again this week. He has his role uh, pretty much, you know, up to the 10-yard line. Then it goes to LeGarrette Blunt, And then, you know, in the passing game, it's Theo Riddick. This is what they wanted when they put this running back group together. And they're getting what they wanted. It's just not enough. Coming up on the Fantasy Football Rewind, another example of how fantasy analysts like myself just never, ever learn. And then we get kicked in the face yet again. That sad story is next. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. All right. Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Engel, Jim Day, our uh, dependable producer, Yang Luciano, who had no idea what he just said to me in his ear, but I think he was trying to motivate me. I need a motivation, I'll tell you why. Sometimes we never learned. 
Now, Corey Parson made the outlandish prediction last year that Isaiah Crowell was an RB1. And then we all learned that Isaiah Crowell was pretty much a bum until he rushed for 100, 200 yards a few weeks ago. But then Isaiah Crowell returned to being a bum. And yet, uh, playing against Miami today, myself and other fantasy experts acted like a fantasy executive and extolled the virtues of one Isaiah Crowell. And what does Isaiah Crowell do in a great supposed matchup? 13 carries for 40 yards and one catch for 11 yards. Can't rely on anybody in this Jets offense right now. It's, uh, you know, there, there are disasters we saw today. And Isaiah Crowell, rosterable, but uh, you can't start him with any confidence, even in a bye week. He keeps this kind of thing up for like two weeks more. He's going to get into Derrick Henry ter- territory where you're just going to have to cut him and you know get him off your roster because he's dead wood. But, uh, but again, like we talked about other players like this, you're not going to get anything for Isaiah Crowell. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of annoying when fantasy players say to you, who can I get for a guy like Isaiah Crowell? You can't get anybody because the guy stinks, because he's playing like garbage and you don't want him in the team anymore. Well, guess what? The other guy you're going to offer a trade to doesn't want him either. Jim? I can't argue that. I, I said it this morning. I have no faith in him, even in this great matchup. He has shown that matchups don't matter to him. He'll go out against a, a tough matchup and put up a great game. He'll go up against a, an easy matchup, or at least on paper, an easy matchup like today, and do nothing. He, to me, he is the ultimate best ball running back. If you're going to draft him, draft him in a best ball and then take the two or three good games he gives you all season and be happy with it and forget about the rest without any worry. In season-long leagues, he is just not somebody you can count on for for anything at this point. All right, Quincy and with three catches for 40 yards. Uh, yeah, decent, I, I guess, not even a decent game, but just like, you know, he didn't give you one catch for 10 yards in your return. Did he give you any faith in Anuma going forward? When we have a Quincy health, healthy Quincy Anuma, he has fantasy wide receiver three potential. He does. Uh, normally, first game back, uh, you know, like you said, it's always hard to count count on those guys coming back first game from injury and all of that. But, uh, you know, him and Darnold do have a, a little bit rapport that they established early in the season. Ah, man, it, I don't know. He, yeah, I think he has some value going forward. But, I, I, again, we're looking at a guy whose ceiling is probably 12, 13 points, and, you know, his floor is still six or seven. Frank Gore, 20 carries for 56, 53 yards. Uh, this is not a guy you can either start nor say he's garbage either, but you really don't want him on your bench. LaShawn McCoy, speaking of trash today, 10 carries for 10 yards and four catches for 19 yards. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, in the last two weeks, has 22 carries for 23 yards. In the last three weeks, he has 24 carries for 24 yards. It's ridiculous. He is averaging one yard a carry over his last three games. LaShawn McCoy, again, I don't want to hear it now. What can I get for LaShawn McCoy? You can't get anything. He's playing like garbage. Other people know it. You can't trade him for anything. 
You have to leave them on your bench. But then again, you can't start it with any confidence even in a bye week, Jim. Ooh, uh, definitely not. It didn't look like a great matchup going against Chicago in the first place, but it, it did come to exactly what it's supposed to look like. A very bad Buffalo offense getting beat on by a very good Chicago defense. Uh, even without Khalil Mack, they were plenty good enough to, to put Buffalo's offense down. Look, Nathan Peterman starting. You probably had 10 guys in the box pretty much every play. Um, I, I will say that, you know, this is the one game that I think I got to see maybe four plays on all game. I, I'll have to go back tonight and watch more of it to see what really happened. But uh, just like you say, LaShawn McCoy in this offense right now is so very, very hard to even start. Uh, but I can't say dump him either, but man. Why can't to. you say dump him? Just because he's got the name and the past track record? Strip the yeah, name kinda, off the back of the jersey, you would have cut him already. You're probably right, Scott. Again, right, we all listen have to this. You, you want, I know well, I let's do. endure an exercise of pain right now. What, 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 shall we? Yeah. Let's listen to Sean McCoy's game log. And I quote it from ESPN Standard Scoring with Decimals. You ready? 3.1, 10 10.8, 6.7, 12.0, 12.4, 0.1, 15.5, 6.9. This is barely above so Derrick Henry, ter- Henry territory. Three out of the last five weeks, so he's got you double digits. That gets you that, you know, running back three flex position. What about those other two That weeks? gets you there. 5.1 and 6.9. Well, again, I'm not saying he's a guaranteed starter, but three out of five, he's gotten you there. The other two, he didn't. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say about this Buffalo offense in any way, shape, or form. But it comes back to the point, you know, there's probably not a lot on the waiver wire that you could dump McCoy to get at this point. Yeah, you can't season. dump him just you to dump him. You can't trade him for anything. Yeah. Right, you, and you can't trade him for anything at this point. So you, you're hoping that something changes. What changes? I don't know. Maybe Josh Allen comes back and this offense gets going. Wait, did I just oh say that? No, you, I, you did I, just I, say that. I, I, I must be getting Two demerits really tired. for you, sir. <laughs> uh, all right, look, which we often talk in the framework of a 12-team league. In a 10-team league, can you cut LaShawn McCoy for something that you need? Oh, in a 10-team league, I would have cut him eight weeks ago. Eight weeks ago. Okay. Uh, Kirk Cousins with a very disappointing day. 164 passing yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Easily his best day of the year. Uh, but he's got a bye. Then he's got the Bears. Uh, but is this a case of just missing Stefan Diggs? Okay, wait. Yeah, you really you say my yes no throws you off the fact that you said this was clearly the best game of his year. I mean, it's clearly the worst game. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> thank you. I'm a little punchy. But that's what, I'm like, whoa. Are we still talking about Kirk Cousins? Wait, wait. Where'd we go? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a little um, punchy yeah, right now. Case. Okay, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it it, it was a, a big part because they didn't have digs. Because let's feel face it, they didn't have digs, so defense is just wrapped dealing up in a blanket um and and we saw that as well so it you know without having that you know guy you could really count on on the other side it's very hard for a one wide receiver team to have success with that one wide receiver 
So yes, it was a he lot because hurt of Diggs being out. Too. He had a minor, tried to play through a minor calf problem. Yeah, that was the reason that yeah he, he, he feeling I'm talking sure, about, not Cousins. <laughs> oh yeah, he'll bounce right. back though. But, but he's, again, he's they also. Well, think about it from a defensive coordinator standpoint. If you're going up against them this week and you know Diggs is out, uh, of course you're going to be wrapping, you know, at least two guys on Thielen every stinking play he goes on the field because you really don't have to worry about the other side. Who are you going to worry about, Laquan Treadwell? You know what? If Laquan Treadwell beats me, then so freaking be it. Laquan Trell beats me? He's my office key. Quan Treadwell, if he ends up beating me, then, you, <laughs> yeah, so what? Uh, I'll take that loss because I, I'm going to bet that he's not going to be the one that beats me. Sometimes predictions just don't go right. And in the worst way today for Adrian Peterson, nine carries for 17 yards, three catches for wow. 16 yeah. yards. We expected so much better against Atlanta, and he delivered his worst game of the season. Uh, I think he's going to take it out on Tampa Bay next week. Well, we, we thought he was going to take it out on Atlanta this week. Uh, but, you know, it, it, Atlanta was fired up. They, they wanted this game. They wanted it bad, and they played well. Um, you know, even stepping up a little bit on that defense. Uh, I don't know what you could say. You're going to have games like this from pretty much everybody at some point, and this was just his. But like you said, I, I pretty much expect him to come back with a vengeance next week against Tampa Bay. You Basically what you're saying, Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, Mama said. I said, that's right. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> okay. Laquan Treadwell got an opportunity. Of course, he blew it. Two catches for 37 yards. Yeah. And, it, you know, it, he's not like anybody you could ever count on anyway. So, you know, most in most leagues, he's not even rosterable except for extremely deep leagues where maybe you start three wide receivers and two flex. <laughs> I advanced McDonald with another quiet week, three catches, for 25 yards. Uh, Vince McDonald had a single figures in four of his last five games in all but two of his games this year that he plays. Somehow, though, people still talk up Vince McDonald. Forget it. Cut him. He's had two. He's had one good game and one huge game this year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I've never been a huge fan uh, outside of that one huge game where he Caught that nice stiff arm. I love to see a good tight end stiff arm. Uh, but, yeah, he hasn't lived up to the hype. Uh, he, as much as we were here in preseason, and then, of course, he was injured, and then he was finally back and had a couple good games, and everybody's, like, back on the, the hype train. And, again, he just – he doesn't show up to play week in and week out, and there's no way I could trust him. Sean Jackson with two catches for 32 yards today. Uh, ending a string of four consecutive double-figure performances. But this is a risk that you run with Deshaun Jackson that uh, he could go quiet in any week. He's very boom and bust. Tyler Lockett, uh, quiet day for him. Only three catches for 22 yards. It was uh, it was Lockett's worst day of the season and ended at his first single-figure performance of the year. Uh, but his touchdown is dependent as he is. Six catches. Six TDs in eight games, you know, it's dangerous. If he doesn't get in the end zone, you're not going to end up with a day like this. 
And you're right. And we talked about this this morning that, you know, the regression is there for the touchdowns because you can't keep up that kind of pace no matter who you are. And, you know, especially if you're only seeing two, three, four targets a week, you can't expect that to continue. And, you know, going forward, I think we're going to see a few more weeks like this from Tyler Lockett. He's not going to score. You know, he's not going to get you 13, 14 touchdowns by the end of the season. There's a good chance he's got more than half his touchdowns already for the season. Uh, so it's hard for him, to, hard to think he continues to do it, especially at such a low number of targets each and every week. What does Kyle Rudolph do with an opportunity? He bungles it. Three, uh, three ca- two catches for 28 yards. Kyle Rudolph has had five consecutive double-figure performances and uh, the start of the season, he had three double-figure performances, first four games, but now he's on a five-game quiet streak. Yeah, again, another guy who's very touchdown-dependent, but even that, we figured with Diggs out today, he should see more work, and it just didn't come. I mean, he was only targeted twice, so it's not even like you could fully blame him. It's like they didn't trust him, didn't want to get the ball to him for whatever reason. Uh, it's just, man, he's so hard to trust right now. John Brown came out of the gate on fire uh, with four consecutive double-figure performances in PPR to open the year. But uh, today, he stunk it up again with three catches for 17 yards. His worst game of the year, even worse than week six when he had three catches for, uh, for 28 yards. He has four single-figure performances in his last five games. Now you're going to start to wonder about cutting John Brown. I always said he was boomer bust. And uh, he was proving me wrong early in the season, but you know now I turn around to be, be right about what I used to say. Well, he was proving you wrong early in the season because Joe Flacco was playing good football. Guess what? Joe Flacco's not playing good football anymore. We're seeing the Joe Flacco we've seen the last couple of years as opposed to the Joe Flacco that seemed to be really worried about Lamar Jackson taking his job in the beginning of the season. Uh, for whatever reason, he's regressed back to what we've seen the last couple of years from him, and that's not a very good quarterback. And when you have a not very good quarterback and you have a boom-or-bust wide receiver, guess what? Your boom-or-bust wide receiver becomes much more of a boom. I mean, much more of a bust than a boom. Uh, did you, I hope everybody got that, you know, as many times as you said. <laughs> I hope boom so, or bust. Uh, <laughs> some people might have wanted to write that down, Jim. <laughs> well, well, we'll go over it again next week. <laughs> let, let, uh, Mike Evans with a very, very disappointing performance today. Uh, one catch for 16 yards. Had to leave the game, and we got hit in the back of the head. But, uh, you know, you look at the fact that his team scored 28 points. Mike Evans had his worst game of the year. Yeah, there's not much you can say about that. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure he agrees with you on that one. Uh no reason to see that coming whatsoever. I don't know how much of the game he actually missed with that injury. I'll have to look at that. Uh, I don't know, but, man, uh, I'm pretty sure nobody saw that coming. And, we- and the, the bigger thing was that he was targeted 10 times. So, you know, I'm not sure what the deal is with that. <laughs> I got to look at that more closely to see. Three Cohen, 13 yards from scrimmage, his worst game of the year. That's the thing with Cohen. You know, he'll never get more touches than he really gets. He'll never touch the ball consistently. He can score anywhere on the field, but he is so boomer busted. Boy, boy, did he, did he bust in a big way today? Uh, hopefully, it's just a one-week aberration and not something we could 
we're going to see going forward. Uh, you know, he's been playing well. His offense has been playing well. They ran into a buzzsaw defense in, in Buffalo. Uh, I, you know, again, I can't say it enough. People don't want to believe it, but Buffalo's pass defense is one of the best in the league. They have one of the best shutdown corners in Trevarius White, and they're just playing very good as a defense. Unfortunately for them, they have no offense. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't really matter. People still don't take them seriously, but you have to. They've shut down some very good pass offenses over the last month and a half. It's time to believe. Devontae Parker was added at 28.9% of leagues this past week. He's going to be dropped in 56% of leagues. But after, after, look at that. Last week, six catches for 134 yards today, one for eight. We sh- I, again, le- got to learn your lesson with guys like this. Can't count on him. Devontae Parker Look, with a big stinking fart today. Before last week, he had four 100-yard games in 42 starts. So now he's got five in 44 starts. He's, there's nothing to count on here with Devontae Parker. All right, thanks for listening. This has been Scott Engel and Jim Day here on the Fantasy Football Rewind.